Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes. And that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob. He's Kyle. And every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early so we can answer that question. Get you back on the road. We are Buchanan Service Centers at 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge. Guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. Stop in and see us and get you back on the road. Should be a good weekend to uh, get that car repair going. You know, it's going to be nice. I'm Next to me is Kyle. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah, I got cars to fix tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. today, and today, and yeah. Monday. Yeah, so it should be fifty. Be great, fifty-five today, maybe sixty, seventy tomorrow. There's not many of these left. No, there's not many of them left. Not many at all. No, if not, this is the last one. <laughs> Think about it like that. It's yeah, it's getting done. Yeah, it is. You know, you <laughs> that battery. You know that cool cold snap we had. If that battery is kind of going, guess what's in your future. If there's any question about a battery at all, it's getting one yeah. in my book. Yeah, I, I agree. If there's any, You're, eh, maybe it'll work. No, it's not going to work. We're, we're always kind of on a, seems like we're always a, a late society, always late society kind of thing. You know, it's just kind of the way we've, the last 30 years have gone, and uh, we're always in a hurry to go somewhere. I've been stuck too many times to risk it with yeah. a battery, yeah. with anything winter-wise, you know. Tires, mm-hmm. batteries, belt. Ooh. You know, I ma- fixed it all in the snow. Yeah, and there's, <laughs> there's all of it. And you know, when when you fix it in the snow and it's super cold, you know what it is too. It's also rusty mm-hmm. and won't come apart very well. And you're not going to have the right tool. No, you could bring your whole toolbox. You still won't have the right thing. You know, and I had a, a customer ask me the other day because we we did you know, quite a few batteries this week. You know, and uh, they didn't want to keep the car very long. They wanted a two year battery. Mm-hmm. which doesn't exist. But, you know, back 25 years ago, we used to have four, five, and six-year batteries. Sure. And we've got rid of the four-year battery. And so now it's kind of just the five-year battery and the six-year battery and the seven-year battery. So, and then, But for the most part, you don't get a lot of batteries that, that jump into the, to the seven years. No, you, average, not anymore. No, and la- average life of a battery nationwide, it's from, you know, Florida to to uh, alaska is about three and a half four years which is pretty good and that's maybe a little overstating i mean yeah. some of these cars depending on the car you european know, our, car if you get two and a half years out of that i mean that's a 
A plus in my book. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, now cars have two batteries with the stop start. Mm-hmm. You've got a smaller battery, like a lawn tractor battery. Yep. You know, much yep. smaller, no amp reserve, nothing like that. Just nope. a just there to storage uh, unit, yep. more or less for electricity. Yep, that's what it is. So if you if you have one of those cars, a stop start. Um, and, and it's getting to the point where you need to change that, you need to change both of them just because they both have the same amount of time on them. And, and really what kills, I, I'm a firm believer of what kills the batteries is the potholes because yeah, it's getting shook up. Plates are breaking. Yep. It's so, unnecessary. As jarring. the, ba- as the batteries get old, they, uh, just flake off of the, the lead off of the, the plates and they collect in a sediment tray down below. And we've all hit that nasty pothole. That and, breaks loose, you got a connection in there. Yeah. And I've had several people that tell me that they've uh, started the car at home, and by the time they got to work, it, it wouldn't start again. I said, well, what happened in between? And they said, you know, nothing other than I hit a pothole. Which so, happens on any street around us. Well, not so much right now. Everything seems to be in pretty good shape, but uh, it's something that's coming back around. Mm-hmm. We know that's back around. So I did kind of an unscientific study and – Started asking those questions, and it seems like that. I don't think it's as bad as it used to be. I mean, but you know what happens when you jumpstart it? Everything's fine. Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. And then it comes back, and it won't start again. So it all depends on where you want to be stranded. Don't shut it off. Once it's running, just leave it run. (laughs) Lock the doors. Watch it from the uh, office building window. Yeah, why not leave it run? Yeah. (laughs) We're gonna head over to Joel real quick. He's got a sixteen Toyota. Joel, what's going on today? Yeah, I've got a, it's a Toyota 4Runner. I got uh, two little issues. So, <clears throat> uh, recently the uh, tire pressure light came on and checked all the tires. Tires are good. Thought maybe one of the sensors went bad. Took it into a uh, local tire shop and they checked them all and said they're all good. And then they said that they think it has something to do with the spare tire. Okay. You ever heard such a thing? Mm-hmm. And how can I get how can I get beyond that having the low pressure light showing up? Well, your spare tire's got a monitor in it, just like your four drive tires. Not not all cars, not not all spare tires have a monitor in it. But Toyota, for the Toyota most part, Toyota likes does. to put them in there. Yeah, Toyota likes to put them in there, and I don't know if it's. I, I suppose it's probably upside down underneath the back of the car, isn't it? You know, I don't know. I, it, I don't know, but, it, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't on, and then it just suddenly turned on. Right. Sure. Well, it just kind of warmed up. We went into the deep freeze there. Let me tell you, we I, I think up, I think we aired up all the tires in Omaha between the two gas stations here. In the, I know we got eastern Omaha. You probably got most of western Omaha. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> give or take a few stragglers and homebodies. So yeah, we got them all. Yeah, and then now that it warmed up a little bit, a lot of our problems have gone away. So, usually that tire sits upside down. Uh, so, in other words, the valve stem is pointing towards the body, so you can't just reach underneath there and and, uh, and air it up. Um, if you have a special tool, you can go up there and a lot of times air it up. And, and a special, that's how we kind of do it, but uh, so we don't have to pull it down. But pull your tire down, make sure that air pressure matches the rest, and see if you're and take it and drive it and see if your light goes away. Okay, I sent my wife in, and I thought she said that they checked it, but maybe not. But I will do that. So if they haven't, if they did check it and everything is okay, then what, what we normally do is go through with a special machine and we check each of the tires, including the spare, because it'll ask if you've got a spare with a monitor in it. Mm-hmm. And if it does, then that we, we check it. We see if they all work. 
And if they're all capable of working, then it's just a matter of the tires, sensors talking to the car. Now, that's a possibility okay. that they're just not talking to the car and they need to be all relearned. And then you hook up to the ALDL, and, uh, which is the data link connector, and then you plug in that information and you rewrite it to the computer. Mm-hmm. So that okay. may be what needs to be done. But by and far, usually once you air them up. Toyotas are easy. Yeah, Toyotas are easy. You shouldn't have any problem getting this light. No. I mean, it shouldn't be any kind of a process. We, what we normally do, too, is is if it says thirty it, to air them to 35, we'll air them up a couple pounds higher. The reason that we okay. do that is just to... They'll lose a little. Yeah, well, to compensate for the, the fluctuation in, in temperature. So Especially it, this time of year. You're going to be up yeah. and down and up and down and up and down. Put it at 38. Yeah, yeah if they say 35, then uh, it's the first cold day... Light's going to be on. Put them at 40, okay. you won't have a problem. Yeah, give them a cushion. So maybe you just don't right. have them all the way up as, as far as they could or a few pounds above. So. Yeah. Okay, I got one, one more deal. So the car pulls to the side. Uh, we bought it used here a couple months ago. Assumed it was in alignment, took it in for alignment. They aligned it, still pulled to the right. Uh, took it back in, and they said the um, shocks and struts might be bad. Um, but then they said they cannot... They're like a OEM only. They're a like a ride leveling shock mm-hmm. or strut or something like that. Is that something a guy can do under the shade tree or not? Probably, yeah. Well, that's a Rees system, and that Rees system has uh, hydraulic going through all those uh, shocks. Um, you know, Toyota doesn't even do those. <laughs> they don't even do them anymore, and they're expensive. Uh, what kind of Toyota did you say this was? Forerunner. Yeah, it's a Forerunner. Yep. Yeah, it's got that. Uh, I can't remember what the what it stands for, but it's R E E E S. They're basically hydraulic shocks with a reservoir on them. Is really what they are, and uh, you can get uh, you can get rid of that system and go just to a normal Forerunner without the Rees system and get get those shocks, front struts and rear shocks, and put them on. We've done it many times before. So, oh, really? Just, yeah. Uh, so basically, just disconnect the hydraulic system. Yeah, they just kind of you just kind of disconnect the hydraulic system and go in and, and put yeah, them. Yeah, otherwise ones in there. you're you're gonna have to replace the shock and the reservoir and everything as one unit. Yeah, it turns into three thousand dollars. So, uh, but before we go there, you, you learned a lot about shocks. But let's before we go there and it's pulling to the right, why don't we take the front tires and swap them from right to left and see if your pole's still there? What what I want to know first is if I got a tire pull before we okay. start bending a bunch of money. So take your tire front tires, uh, swap them from side to side, and then okay. and then see if your pole goes away. If it does not, then rotate your tires front to back and see if your pole goes away. Um, if it's Depending on your pole, I mean, you could have other things go on here too. You could have a uh, caliper bad. So when you step on the brakes, it's pulling you to the right. Is this a, is this a pull to the right when the brakes are on or pull to the right? No, this is this is driving down the road. Okay. Well, it's, you could still have time. you could still have a caliper that's hanging up a little bit on the right front, and it's oh, it's okay, sure. as, as you're going down the road, it's dragging a little bit where the other one isn't, and it's starting to drag you to the right. So yeah, and actually, the wheel should probably heat up a little bit if that were the case. So I a a little bit. It, most you, most time you won't notice that unless it's really severe, like it's stuck on, and you'll notice a really big temperature change, but. A little bit can certainly drag it that way. There's a lot of things to check before we get to shocks and struts. Is really kind of what I'm trying to say. 
Okay. All right. Very good. I appreciate the help. You bet. All right. All right. We'll take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and we'll be back in a minute. Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Answer your questions. We're going to shoot right back into the calls. we got a, a whole full bank. Rich has got a oil question on a new Toyota. Rich, what's going on? Well, I got a new Toyota Camry with a four-cylinder. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting ready to change the oil for the first time. I'm going to put in a couple of quarts of 10W30, and it says right on the engine, 0-16. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, do I need do I need to put that in, or can I use five thirty or what? Nope. Zero sixteen. Zero sixteen. Here's here's the reason. Oil damming. Oil damming. So oil damming is uh, is a thing. So these engines nowadays are so tight tolerances. Back in the seventies, you know, you could throw a cat through the clearances. You know, now you can't hardly get anything in there. They're so tight. Zero sixteen is required so that you can actually get lubricated. Uh, between the the bearings and the mains and the rods and everything in there. You can't even plastic gauge these bottom ends. No, no. So what happens if you put something thicker in there, oil damming occurs, and oil damming is just uh, a dam of oil outside the journals that can't penetrate into the inside, and you'll have premature engine failure. I mean, not right away, but it's not lubricating like it should. So, yes. Especially with a zero sixteen, it's it's super super thin because of that. I, I right, so uh, they they don't have zero sixteen very many places. Can, can I use zero dash twenty? Uh, sixteen. Sixteen is what we do when it yeah. comes in the door. We do, we we do not. Sixteen. Have, yeah, 16. we don't gamble or no. you know wear wave from that at all. No, if it calls for 020, that's what goes in. If it calls 016, that's what goes in. I think if you look They're around... They're coming out with 010 soon, too. Yeah, even small. I'm, I was looking for double lot soon. Yeah, <laughs> I zero, haven't seen that yet. Straight zero weight. No, I I would, uh, even if you got a delay doing the oil changes or even go somewhere, you'll, you'll find, look it up. And Some parts stores got to have it. If not, Toyota does. I can guarantee you they got four quarts of it out there. Um. But no, stick with the 016. It's just what you want to do. It's going to run forever. That's why you bought it. All right. I'll put, it, I'll put in that 016. Thank okay. you. Okay. You bet. 016, 020 is all all full synthetic-based oil. Yeah. There's no, there's no conventional in it, and that's really what you want in those kind of cars. And, you, and you'd like to put synthetic in everything that you can. You just... If you get too old a car and and run synthetic, it's so thin that it might find oil leaks that weren't the engine really wasn't designed to to have synthetic. But synthetic no. is the best. Yeah, the best of the best. Old cars they need straight dead dinosaur fluid. <laughs> yeah, and back yeah, in the as old thick days, as you can get it. Back in the old days, you could run ten thirty, ten forty, five thirty in a in a. My Ford si- Falcon uses fifteen thirty. <laughs> yeah, I mean you could you can do all that because the, the clearances were so big. A cup of flour. Yeah. <laughs> You could. Today's engines are really tight, and uh, we'll come back and talk about that in the rest of the row because we were talking about something off the air a little bit. But we're going to shoot back into the calls and, and go over to Don. Don's got a 2015 Accord. Don, what's going on? Yeah, I have a four-cylinder two, 2015 Honda Accord. And when I bought the car, when I took it for a test drive, we went over nice, smooth roads out in West Omaha. And... Um, 
I didn't even think about the fact that it would be different because I right before that I had a two, two um, a 1998 Honda Accord and rode beautifully. Mm-hmm. And the ride in this car is stiff. It's almost brutal. You feel every bump, every crack in the road. Is there something to do with that? Do they no longer have shocks or what on these cars? No, they have shocks. What trim level is this car? I'm sorry? What trim level? Is this a sport model? Is this a... No, it's a luxury, with a LX, whatever. Mm. It's not a sport model, no. Okay, well, so if you start off and let's just say, I don't think they even have DXs in those cars so much anymore in a 15. It's like LX, EX. So as you get to the LX, EX, a lot of times those will have just normal tires, so to speak. If you get into, and I've had this complaint with, with somebody else that had a... Another customer that had a Honda Accord. What they had was a Honda Accord, kind of a, a sport edition. And the tires that were on there were 18-inch tires, and there was just not much rubber between the rim and the road. So you're going to feel it all. Um, pro- when you, profile tires on the car, that's what I don't like particularly. But Well, and most yeah. people, when they're buying a car, don't look at that at all. They just don't. And uh, it's a big shock the first time they, they put tires on it because now you've got a 245 40 18 which is a you know just a real odd sized tire and now it's a thousand dollars to put tires on it and it's the sportiness of the car and the suspension they put underneath it and the tires they put on it that make it ride rough and you know another thing if the tires are old it can make it ride rough back to your question do they still have shocks yes um but depending on the sport of your vehicle it may not be as nice a ride as it as it could be or should be in, a, in another 15 honda accord that's just a straight dx so it, yeah it's not a it's not a sports uh honda and when you try to push on the car to you know to, you know like you used to do on older cars you'd push mm-hmm. down on them and check the shocks or feel if they were bounce up and down this car you can't move it and they and they will be stiff. Usually that that test is a good test, but they usually don't get a lot of movement in those cars. So yes, you could have a stuck shock. Absolutely, um, you could have a stuck shock in the rear or some in the or one in the front, and it'll cause it to ride terrible. It really will. That's something a garage is probably going to have to tell you uh, whether or not you've got a stuck one or not. Okay. But it, I'll have check on that. I can tell you, I, I got a car, not not a Honda Accord like that, but I got a car that's like that. It's a little bit of a sport model, and it it's fun to drive, but it rides terrible. Acura TL is the worst. It just rides. That suspension is a hay wagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, some I've are. Had sports, I've had sports <laughs> cars before that I didn't mind that ride, but I didn't buy this car for being a sports car. Mm-hmm. Well, have the shocks checked for sure. That's that's your first place, and that would cause the issue that you're that you're uh, talking about. The other thing would be, you know, everything is fine, and, and the tires could be high instead of them putting down to around thirty two, thirty three, where Honda has them. Maybe they're at forty, forty two, which will cause the same kind of problem too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You bet. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to take a quick break on Mr. Mechanic Show, and we'll be back in a minute and answer some more calls. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton are right here, weekdays from 11 to 2 on News Radio 1110 KFAB. All right, back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We're going to head straight over into the calls. Uh, Mark's got a 2002 Silverado. 
Mark, what's going on? Yeah, I got this uh, Chevy pickup Silverado, like you said, 2002, and uh, the hot cold actuator, I guess that's what you call it, you know, when you switch it over from hot cold, mm-hmm. it flips that door. You know what I'm talking about? You bet. Yep. Um, anyway, I took it off because uh, I, I don't know why I took it off. I was being stupid. I took it off to get to the to the vent motor because the vent motor went to the default of only having, um, you know, window defrosters. So I had to replace that. But anyway, I took the actuator off and... I had it plugged in when I had it off, and I could see the little uh, brown thing moving all the way to the right. So now I can't get it back on because it's in the wrong position. You understand so far? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. I cannot get that back to the right position. I can't turn it by hand, even though a video said you could. So you cannot turn have- the door? Inside the dash? What's that? The door inside the dash that you took this off of, it will not turn? Will not move? Yeah. Can, can it you get, won't turn to get, it, to get it back on put it in the right position. You're really breaking up. So so what you want him to do, Kyle, is put this door back to the original position that he pulled it out on and then install the motor. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times what I'll do, I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, you go to replace them i mean do you think the replacements that we get are in the correct position that i took it off in no no so what i'll do is i'll hold it up there to the actual hold the shaft up to the door and then i'll turn the knob by hand until it locks in then i shove it in there yeah i can't do that because it's all the way to the right and i i tried doing that and i can't now it does have three phillips screws on it can i go into it and turn it by hand well, that's you're talking about taking apart the actuator. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. No pieces. So, are, pieces are going to come out. Yeah, well, you're not going to get it back together, right? Well, it's got to be timed. You can put that piece on the end of that that stud. I can't. I, I even tried moving it, you know, but it, it's too far to the right. That that little knob to get the flat spot in the right direction well what we normally do is go in there and flop that rod take that and take a needle nose pliers or take something to it and move it by by uh, hand yeah by our own hand over to where we want it to be and then and plug I, get it close i moved it, i moved it as far as i could go it still doesn't line up with the actuator so with the key on you cannot move the the knob on the dash and get this thing to move the actuator I can't get it to the into the right so spot. What, it just won't move far enough. So what Kyle is saying is that you you plug it in, and then you start uh, turn the key to the on position. Then you and if it's all the way over to hot, let's say let's say it's a hot, and then this this motor is at cold. You just wait for the the motor to react and push all the way to hot, and then it can be installed. It will not move. I plugged it in. I've tried that, and it will. I switched it to hot to cold. It will not move. Well, then you're pulling the dash apart. Yeah, you've got something either down in that vent that's keeping that door from moving where you need it to, or it's just flat stuck. Yeah, because these motors aren't really strong motors. 
No, it doesn't take a lot to move these doors. No, they should it should be easy to move with your fingers or a pair of needle nose. So uh, yeah, pliers. I, I, I can move that door by hand, and like I said, I can't move it far enough to get that actuator back on. Well, it got there some way. It's got to go back yeah. the way it came off. I've even tried hot wiring it, you know, running two wires from the batteries to the to the prongs on the actuator to see if I could get it to move, and it well, won't. You shouldn't need to do that. All you got to do is plug it in, turn the key on. I can't. It doesn't work. Take it to a garage. It worked before, it worked before I took it apart. Well, <laughs> I agree with that. Said that a million times. <laughs> take take that to a garage. Tell them what you did and ask for some help. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid. I'm gonna have to pay somebody. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's what we get. We get paid by the knowledge in our head and and the struggles yeah. that we have is the reason Sometimes that we do what we do. Sometimes it costs. All yep. right. Thank you. You bet. All right. Going to take a quick break on the Mister Mechanic Show. We'll be back and we'll talk to Larry. Hang on. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. You passed us on your way downtown. If you need a car repair, stop in. Pop candy cigarettes. We got it all. We got it all. Sell it every day. You know, let's hope to see you soon. Let's head over to Larry. Larry's got a Ford Taurus, SHO. Larry, what's going on? We know this car. Yeah, Hi. Thanks for waiting. What's going on? Oh, yeah. I've got a parts car out behind the garage, and I took the hood off of it so I could remove the manifold so I could get something off the back of it. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I forgot about it, and it rained, and it filled them cylinder full of water. All All the holes were full of water. So is there anything I can put in there to displace the water that go to the bottom of the water? Well, does the engine move? So so you can get it all out, right? All the water out? Oh, I don't know. I haven't tried to move the engine. It's just a parts car above the salvage yard years ago. Is yeah. this an engine you're worried about keeping? Never know. Did it even, did it run before? For some reason, I can barely hear you. Oh, oh. Did what? the car run before? This parts car, is it a running, driving engine? Uh, it was supposed to be a running, driving engine. It was in there because the transmission was out of it. Sure. Well, the are easy. you worried about saving it? We need to keep this engine. We need to keep it in good shape, running. Well, I'd like to. Yeah. Okay. Pull all the plugs. Pull the plugs. Get a battery in there temporarily and crank Turn it over. Over. Stand back and watch. See how high the water goes. Now, this being said, that this is a parts car. This engine isn't going in anything tomorrow, right? Right. What I would do is I would fill these cylinders up with oil. Whatever waste oil you have around there, get a funnel, pour it in every cylinder till it's full, put your spark plug back in. Then you know you're not going to rust anything up. Then yeah. when you're ready to use it, should that time come, drain all that oil out of there, blow some brake clean, solvent, whatever in there, get all that out of there and start it up and wait for the smoke. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the oil will eventually go to the bottom. It'll displace all the water. Well, yeah, but it's going to keep those cylinders from rusting in the meantime. Yeah, so we want the water out first. We want all that out, you know, crank it over so it just shoots the water out. And Kyle's saying shoot 
shoot some oil in there and lubricate it. You could crank it over then too, so that you're lubricating everything really well, because you don't know if you're going to be back to this in a in a month or or ten years. So if that's the case, you know it's well lubricated and you're mm-hmm. and you're okay. Kyle's been across a bunch of stuck engines, and we both have with. With old cars, old cars that we've worked on, and and they're just stuck, and the and the piston rings are all stuck to the to the side of the of the, the cylinders. And if you fill them up with oil and, and at least get something in there, at least it has some lubrication to seep down in there. Okay, thank you. You bet. Appreciate the call. Yeah, we've been there, haven't we? Had to take uh, blocks of hammer and two by fours. I you know taken the four engine by- for my old truck was. Near as I can tell, rebuilt and left full of water, just left to sit and rust. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up, you know, I got to rebuild it now, and that's a couple thousand dollars. But, yeah, we had to take it apart with a block of wood and a 10-pound hammer. I just going to say, I took a, uh, you know, some of those pistons are big enough. On the older cars, you could take a 4 by 4 block, and it would fit yeah. in the hole. You had room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had room to swing this hammer, but these new cars, no, you're not getting them apart. That well, easy. you got to shave the edges off. Yeah, you got sh- to shave the, uh, yeah. the square pieces Piece off. Piece of one by in there. You gotta- <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's uh, we used to have an old uh, older guy that used to work for us, and that's what he'd do. He'd buy tractors all the time, and uh, and they'd be stuck. The engines would be stuck all the time. Yeah, not a problem. So he'd take out the the glow plug and whatever, and he'd pour a bunch of diesel oil on top of these. Oh, sure pistons and then he would just leave them and then he would he'd probably do that in the fall and then he'd come back in the spring and next he'd just slowly start to crank it over next thing you know it would start breaking free and it would work and he'd blow everything out and then he'd clean it up and next thing you know it ran he put diesel back in it and uh, he fired it off from a stuck engine there's another product it's kind of the new kit on the block that i've been using a lot it's called evapo rust Mm. And you can get it at Menards. That's where I get it. But you can get it at any parts store. You can buy it on Amazon by the gallon if you want. You can mm. get five-gallon buckets of it. But Rust it like on a frame or? Anything. On, anything. You just, what, brush it on and it goes away? It's just a liquid. You pour it on. You can soak things in it. You put carburetors in it. I've got a aquarium pump from my kid's fish that died. I've run that on some stuff. Huh. Put it in a solvent tank and run it. It's environmentally friendly. You can dump it down the drain when you're done. Well, that's interesting. That's yeah. that's cool. I've poured that in a couple engines and got them working. The stuff that you used to have back in the day was... It doesn't stink. It's not bad no. like solvent or like anything. Like carburetor cleaner? Yeah, yeah. Way oh, man, boy, if you, you've ever... Anybody out there has ever done carburetors before and you, you had to take everything apart and put it in this caustic, didn't want to get it on your skin kind of stuff. And, uh, man, was it horrible smelling and <laughs> being a mechanic our hands are prone to injuries and i'm become accustomed to it the worst pain the only one that i can really remember i was taking a carburetor apart and you got to use a pick to get a lot of the small things apart right you know? well i jammed this pick underneath my fingernail it hurt you know it bled for a minute you know whatever we go about about our day no big deal i went to get that carburetor out of the tank later that afternoon and oh. put that hand in there oh yeah and boy thought your life was on fire and underneath your fingernails really (laughs) it hurt real bad it hurt real bad i didn't have to drink coffee the rest of that week yeah i was just mad and ready to work i noticed (laughs) i I noticed certain brake cleaner is very uh almost take your breath away and other stuff isn't too terrible bad either so 
but yeah, that carburetor tank that Bob's talking about, I mean, this is a thick liquid. It is yeah, nasty stuff. Yeah. Well, good. So if there's yeah. something to try, Larry. I mean, uh, everybody's got a Menard somewhere close. You know, we're, yeah. I, I was going to revisit. Uh, we got a few minutes? About two and a half. You know, we're going to revisit uh, one caller today that had 016 and wanted to use zero, wanted to use 1040, which is, oh, man, that's too far. That's way, in the way too far. If you used to be, we could, you know, kind of gamble with oil and, you know, try this. Yeah. Try I that. mean, if you want to really use matter. a. If you want to use a 520 instead of a 530, that's not too far apart. Mm. Um, try to keep in your car what's supposed to be in your car. But again, if you're out on the road and you have to add something and that's all you got, then okay. I mean, but if you're the, adding one quart to 530 to four quarts of 016, you'll be okay. You've got some lubrication going yeah. on there. I'm not totally worried about destroying an engine. Get to, Get somewhere and get it out of there. Right. I mean, something's better than nothing. in there for 6,000 miles. No, no. And, and, and I just run across two last week that, um, said, well, the oil can't be low because the sticker says I'm not due for an oil change yet, which I, it's low, which I promptly said, the sticker has nothing to do with how much is in the engine. No, but we also priced an engine the other day too, that, uh, had a problem oil and it was the better part of, uh, about $12,000. So oil is a whole lot cheaper. Yeah. And I guess what we were going to talk about was this Toyota and what, what I was going to bring up. Some of the Toyotas out, and you were talking about a Camry, and there was also a uh, Toyota GR Corolla that we had in the other day. Really nice car. 300 horsepower out of a three-cylinder. Yes. So it's 100 horsepower per cylinder. Mm-hmm. Boy, you want to keep the right oil in that car. Yeah. Because that's how it was designed, and that's a lot of horsepower coming out of a three-cylinder engine. You don't want to take any chances. That engine's hanging on by a thread to begin with if you're running it redline. I mean. (laughs) Exactly. It needs all it can get. Do what they tell. Those those guys have spent years trying to make sure the right oil goes in there, so we might as well just do the right thing. And if you don't know, call. So. Yeah. All right, 558-1110 is the number to get in next week. I don't know if it'll be cold, but uh, we'll find out. I'm, I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.